Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. Today, we discuss the article, Have We Forgotten the Rehearsal? by Major George Fust and Master Sergeant Select Michael Vance. Unfortunately, they're not able to join us today. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Equite, NCOIC of the NCO Journal, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, Senior Editor, Tony Mena, Senior Editor, and Special Guests, Colonel Todd Schmidt, Director of Army University Press, and Command Sergeant Major Jason Porras, Command Sergeant Major of Army University. Before we kick things off, could you please tell us a bit about yourselves? Sure. I'm Sergeant Major Porras. I'm the Army University Sergeant Major. Uh, just arrived here to Fort Leavenworth. Prior to this, I was the Commandant of the NCO Academy in Alaska. And prior to that, I was the Battalion Sergeant Major for the Special Troops Battalion underneath the Sustainment Brigade and 1st Armored Division. I've uh, been in the military for 25 years and happy to be here. And my name is uh, Colonel Todd Schmidt. And uh, similar to the Command Sergeant Major, been in the military now for 26 years. Uh, just uh, very privileged to have joined Army University Press, but my career started out as a young lieutenant in the 82nd Airborne Division and uh, spent three to four years there uh, working in 1st Brigade, Devils in Baggy Pants, and then uh, went to uh, Korea on the Bad Lieutenants Program and then uh, came back to the 25th Infantry Division Light and uh, got me some air assault time and then from there uh, kind of filled grade ranks, multiple deployments spattered throughout uh, just came from a joint job, but just privileged to be here. Thanks. Okay, so to kick things off, uh, today we're talking about Have We Forgotten the Rehearsal by Major George Fust and Master Sergeant Michael Vance from the 75th Ranger Regiment. Uh, their article is about the, uh, like I said, about the, about the rehears- rehearsal. Uh, they focused on the history, the importance of the rehearsal, how it can, and how it can be uh, uh, improved, and then what happens after. I've participated in, in rehearsals before, but not to the extent that I'm sure that uh, some of you other gentlemen uh, may have. Uh, Sorry, Major, would you mind kind of talking about maybe some of your experiences about uh, the rehearsal? Sure. Um, so when I was a STV Sergeant Major at uh, Fort Bliss, we had a giant clamshell hangar, and uh, they do different rock drills there. And for their rehearsals, uh, one of the things that they started off doing, they got uh, and they improved upon was uh, they'd have the maneuver rock drill where all the maneuver elements would come in and kind of basically lay down their concept of operations and everything that they plan to do um, and go very in-depth. And then they'd be mission complete, and then they'd have a sec- separate rock drill uh, for the s- sustainment piece. And I've noticed that the sustainment piece and the maneuver guys were not always on the same page. And the maneuver guys felt like theirs was the most important, you know, naturally, um, so the sustainment was kind of forgotten about, um, but we started forcing both commanders to be at, at both rock drills, which we'd identify gaps or shortfalls. And then we'd go through and you'd see, uh, you know, you can only advance so far with, uh, with the fuel that the, uh, sustainment folks are able to provide to the maneuver elements, uh, and special assets that maybe aren't in a sustainment brigade, such as, you know, if you're crossing a, a bridge and they got a, or, or creating a bridge going over a water obstacle. Um, you might need re- outside resources. You might have to coordinate for that. So I think uh, to get everybody on the same page, uh, 
I've seen it work really well and I've seen it work not so well where sometimes everything that a staff has done to plan during the rock drill, you find out it's not feasible for whatever whatever uh, reason, whether it's assets, uh, personnel, or whatever goes into effect. So I think rock drills and rehearsals are extremely important because you can have the best plan ever, but if it's not feasible due to the limitations of what you have on hand, uh, some of that stuff falls by the wayside and you're not able to accomplish your mission. So I think the supported element and the supporting elements have to be on the same page. Moving over to, to you, sir. Yeah, so I think it's important to understand there's different levels of rehearsals based on what kind of resources you have, what kind of time you have. Um, there's rehearsals that you just do on a map, right? You talk through uh, you know, actions that are going to happen on the map, which is really a two-dimensional aspect and very the simplest level of rehearsal. Um, then there's the rock drills, the train uh, models that we would use. I mean, I remember, you know, entire gymnasiums being, you know, taped off and uh, the terrain kind of replicated on the gym floor. And then, you know, if you have the resources and particularly when you're downrange in a deployed environment, to the extent that you can do full dress rehearsals, um, those are obviously the most beneficial. Um, but usually for units, particularly in garrison, it's the rock drills, the terrain models that we use. Um, I think what rehearsals do is they bring a plan to life. Uh, they let you really understand the limitations. Because when you're, you know, as we used to say it, you know, back in the day, we're daydreaming on acetate, um, really kind of shows my age because we used to draw everything on acetate back then. Um, but when you have a lieutenant or an officer kind of daydreaming this great plan on acetate and then you bring it to life, what it does is allows all the components, all the particularly the NCOs, to bring a dose of reality to the plan. Um, and what I would tell you is uh, you can always tell the level of professionalism of a unit by the kind of rehearsals that they run. If they're not rehearsing, that gives you a, a signal, maybe a red flag. But then those units that do really good rehearsals and talk through, you know, second and third order effects of uh, different actions that are taking place in the terrain simultaneously, right? Because it's not all just happening, you know, um, you know, sequentially. There's all these different actions going on uh, simultaneously. Those units that can do that and do it well, that gives you a level uh, or an indicator of you know their level of professionalism and where they're kind of at in the in the training cycle. One of the shortfalls, and I know the the authors discuss this, is that uh, they there may be either pieces taken out or, uh, or 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 maybe some things aren't synchronized. That's one of the things that he discuss that, that the authors discuss. Uh, what I what I've been from the discussion that we're having here to me from the as far as the NCO perspective is concerned, I think one of the shortfalls is what what Command Sergeant Major said, which is you know the the junior NCOs. How can they or what can people or what can what can either the senior NCOs or the uh, the officers do to involve those junior NCOs or involved in whatever mission is being planned? What can be done? Yeah, and I'll clarify a little bit. When I say the NCOs weren't involved, they weren't involved at the, the higher level rock drills. Um, and, and the reason I think they should be there, even if they're not an active participant, but just be able to listen and see what's going on is you don't know what your units, your left and right are doing. Oftentimes, I think 
uh, when they're conducting their company-level rock drills. That's where you start to see the NCOs. Uh, so if you have a company-level rock drill, it's not in as significant detail uh, at the higher-level rock drills are done. So everyone seems to focus on their piece of the pie, just what they're doing, uh, not big picture, not knowing what else is doing, where you can uh, maximize resources, where you can uh, consolidate or uh, perhaps use a unit to your left or your right to – extend operational reach so you can continue to do things. But I think uh, everyone seems to focus on, you know, for on the rock drill and the terrain model, their specific vehicle that they're in. And they're, they're focused on that piece, and they don't really pay as much attention to everything else. And I think, uh, like Colonel Schmidt said, uh, the good units, they're asking questions about, when I'm executing this, what is what are these people doing over here uh, to my left or to my right that are – that are on the uh, terrain model. So I think the good units pay attention and they ask those questions. I think if everyone understands, okay, this is my responsibility and they only focus on that, uh, the rock drill is kind of missing the mark. And that's kind of what I like from the, um, from the article was that they mentioned that uh, the point of this, the rehearsals is to understand the concept of operations and to understand the commander's intent, maybe uh, be aware of key actions that are going to be happening. They're going to uh, make, you know, they're going to have decisive points in a battle or operation or things like that. So I think understanding those things and communicating is where the NCO can, can really shine there. Those that can make it to those higher level rehearsals, I think if they are able to understand the concept of operations, the intent, key actions, and then be able to communicate that down to their soldiers, I think is where the NCOs could improve. You know, so we're talking about synchronization, I think is kind of the thread that we're pulling here and how we're synchronizing our actions because um, it's not just about, um, you know, the combat arm, um, the shooters, what they're doing, but it's also uh, the science of the logistics that's supporting them. And how uh, different levels of command from, you know, the platoon all the way up to the battalion brigade division, because they're all doing rehearsals, right, how their part in the orchestra is being played. And I think young leaders don't always get it because they can be nervous. Um, they can uh, be intimidated. You know, you walk into a big gymnasium as a second lieutenant and you see – you know, battalion commander and, and the staff ready to do this huge rehearsal, and you're just really focused on your script. You probably even got your notes written down, and, you know, they come, they call you, and you're like, oh, you know, at this point in the, you know, the plan, sir, my team is here and doing this, that, and the other, and they're focused on making sure that they don't screw up their script. What ends up happening, though, is they're so focused on not screwing up in the rehearsal that they're not seeing the bigger plan, and I think that comes with experience, uh, it comes with repetition um, of rehearsals, and I think one of the things that the command sergeant major touched on too is that it's not rehearsals being just done at the higher level organizations, but all the way down to the company platoon level and, and maybe even below, um, because it needs to be talked through, worked through at every level, so that soldiers understand. You know, one of the things you know we're told kind of growing up is you know American soldiers want to know the why, they want to know the why of the mission. Um, they want to understand, like, all right, well, I'm out here doing all this. You know, what what else is going on around me so I know kind of what's going on to my left and right, you know, with adjacent units, adjacent teams, uh, because we don't, you know, we want to make sure we got the beans and the bullets. We want to make sure we're not 
committing fratricide uh, in any kind of way. So that's, you know, again, goes back to the importance of rehearsals at the lowest level. Well, present-day soldiers, specifically NCOs, are entrusted now and, and given way more responsibility than they used to. So I think with uh, to expand on what you said, sir, is that, yeah, it's good that they know what's going on around them. And again, the, the more practice they get, the better they'll get, the better, better, better they'll be able to do, uh, more focused and uh, see the big picture. If I had to add one thing, you know, to to the conversation, you know, there, there's so many different important things that go on in in the planning and execution of a mission. You know, we know the importance of PCIs, PCCs, but sometimes when time is short uh, and shortcuts have to be taken, I will tell you, if, if you could probably draw a line between a mistake that happens or something that falls short in a mission, it could probably be. Uh, connected back to a shortcut, a shortcut that got taken, and that shortcut sometimes is that a unit failed to rehearse. And uh, I just think that's important that if, it, when time, uh, you know, is a constrained resource, cutting out the rehearsal is not a good plan. I've got a question from the the young NCO. Let's just say uh, a young sergeant. He's at the rehearsal. He may not understand everything that's going on or he may just need clarification or whatever, but he's a little nervous because like you said, sir, sir, there's, there's a battalion commander. There's, you know, his XO, there's all the, all the staff is there and, and all the, the command sergeant major and everybody else. Uh, and he's just kind of hesitant to, to speak up. Uh, maybe this would be more on, on your end, Sergeant Major, or maybe yourself, uh, Sergeant Cox, you know, what can a young NCO do or what should young NCOs do to get themselves to be heard or to, get out there and, and, you know, throw up their hand and, and, and contribute to the planning process? Sure. I think uh, it's hard. It's hard to raise your hand and say, I don't understand or I don't know or, or what do you mean by X? Uh, that That is something that's difficult to ask. Um, however, that's what rehearsals are for. They're for that purpose. If you don't quite understand something, it's better not to understand it during the rehearsal than not understand it when you're executing the mission. Um, so, uh, you got to swallow your pride, raise your hand, ask the question. Um, I've seen that firsthand and what a lot of people do is they ask offline after the rehearsal. And when they're asking, uh, they're not phrasing it properly or whoever's explaining it to them is explaining a different event or a different timeline during it. So they're not even answering the question correctly. So usually they go in. Uh, a bit confused. So I'd say the best way to mitigate that is to speak up and say, you don't understand. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. When, when time is an issue and you got to get through everything, uh, it's difficult to answer each and every question. Um, but the questions that are significant or important, they need to be asked so that you understand, because at the end of the day, we're all about, uh, you know, accomplishing the mission and taking care of the soldiers. And, you know, sometimes the decisions result in uh, soldiers not coming home so ask the question during the rehearsal so you don't make the big mistake during the actual exercise or mission or whatever it is. I think, I think it's important to be able to do that. And I don't think any command team would get upset with a question uh, if someone didn't understand and, and needed a further explanation. Yeah, I think um, Sergeant Major's absolutely right. Um, I think that uh, it also – comes down to maybe the that soldier that NCO not having the confidence or the experience to speak up and maybe waiting for that right answer to 
come to them, you know, from the leadership. Um, going back to the example you guys had about the convoy scenario, let's say I'm the TC, you know, and I've got my truck and I got my list of soldiers that are in the truck and they're all good. And we got our BI and everything strapped down. We're good to go. We got our chalk and everything. Um, but for that unknowing thing to happen, you know, we get a flat tire, uh, we run out of gas, we get into an accident. And now maybe I don't know what to do because I didn't, we didn't think about it. You know, we didn't rehearse it properly beforehand. I think that's really where those things can come into play. And uh, I think that those are very important to do as well. Right. Like understanding the pace plan, uh, you lose comms or something like that. Uh, what's the alternate comms? And I think, uh, a lot of the times those things are, are fairly simple, um, but the first time you do anything is the first time you do anything. So I think uh, if it's your first time and you don't quite understand, you got to ask. And we're expecting a lot from our, our junior NCOs. I mean, you got to think at the same time while we're doing all the rehearsals and stuff like that, they are doing their PCCs, PCIs, making sure the vehicles are uh, up to standard to accomplish the mission. So there's a lot going on while the actual rehearsal is going on as well. Uh, and, and I imagine that's why a lot of the junior NCOs aren't at the higher level rehearsals because they're doing other things. Uh, that absolutely need to be done. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts. It's just trying to get the the right audience uh, at the appropriate level of rehearsals um, and making sure that everyone understands. At the end of the day, I think uh, understanding the commander's intent and what role you play is huge, but I think uh, that next step of understanding what the adjacent, adjacent units uh, are doing as well uh, in the event that you need to take their spot or they need to replace yours. You hope that they understand what you were doing as well. I have a little antidote with that. Um, so 07 Iraq, we had just, we we're doing a, a joint mission with some, with several uh, Marine units. So we go out, we do our thing. We come back, we're supposed to liaison. Well, apparently this didn't happen to my platoon because my platoon was like a mile away, but the other, our sister platoon, so they were liaisoning with this other unit and somehow they weren't briefed on the meetup plan or something. And it was nighttime and that platoon, my sister platoon went through the proper steps and the other unit didn't understand what was happening and thought they were under attack. So they start, they opened fire uh, and they weren't anywhere close. Uh, nobody got hurt, but the potential was there for a disaster to have happened because, and they talked to the, I think the NCO in charge later and he wasn't briefed on anything and didn't realize what was happening even though there were multiple units on this mission and we knew what they were doing somehow that unit didn't know what other units were doing so I just think it's very important and why I really enjoy the article that everybody operating a mission down to even some of the lower NCOs know at least a brief overview of what's happening like you will be liaisoning with a small recon team please don't shoot them there are not very many of them um so yeah i just wanted to throw that out there on the importance of rehearsals and everybody knowing the plan for mission command yeah i was i wanted to go ahead and tie that this this part of the discussion with uh, the a recently published article by uh sergeant major nelson and uh mr arnold the uh, understated art of knowing when to sdfu uh, this kind of relates right back to that, you know, that knowing when to speak up and, and when to, you know, keep your keep your mouth shut. I think this is definitely one of those times where you want to, you know, as a, a as a young, uh, whether you're a, an NCO or uh, an officer or a young soldier, enlisted soldier, 
you need to know when to speak up. And there, there's times, especially when you're planning a, a, a mission or, or uh, working on something, and there's a question and your piece of the pie is, is invested in it, that you need to speak up. You know, that's, that's I think that's a big lesson for those young NCOs or for the NCOs listening to this is to make sure that your people know that, um, you know, they need to raise their hands and, and talk and ask the questions uh, rather than just letting them pass you by. Yeah, so I'll say uh, it's important for them to speak up. Um, first of all, it gives them credibility that they can, uh, I guess, restate what the commander's intent is. It gives them the confidence and credibility to their soldiers so that they understand what's going on. Um, so if they if they restate it to say make sure that they're on the same page and they acknowledge uh, what they're supposed to be doing, you know, they get the, the thumbs up from the commander and they understand, yep, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Or if they're a little bit off, um, they can they can you know be corrected. Um, nothing scarier than like a, a small unit being isolated without the rest of the formation around them. So I think uh, if you don't speak up, you may put yourself in that situation where you go beyond uh, checkpoint X and you're out there all by yourself and nobody else is with you. You you don't want a small uh, unit to be isolated. So I think when it comes to those things, uh, you want to make sure that you understand and it's kind of uh, restating what you, what you understand your mission to be to make sure you have it. And I think, uh, I think that's important. I think the command sergeant major is exactly right. Um, and I think there's some interesting dynamics that are a part of this. One is, um, you know, when you have uh, young soldiers who are participating, observing a rehearsal, I think it's incumbent on more experienced leaders to draw those questions out because you will have a level of timidity, right? They're going to be a little, timid in wanting to ask questions so some things that you can look for as a leader is one is a person directing the rehearsal or helping facilitate the rehearsal are they drawing the questions out are they helping younger soldiers or younger leaders uh, ask the questions that need to be asked one of the things that you know i remember always being told at a rehearsal was the only stupid question is the one that goes unasked right and that was to encourage us to ask questions I think an indicator of command climate uh, is if you were to attend and observe a unit rehearsal and nobody was asking questions, that might signal a little bit of a red flag, like are they intimidated? What, what, what's going on? What's the dynamic here? Why aren't questions being asked? Because if I were, you know, in, in a rehearsal, I want to I be asking questions. I want to be engaging. And that was, you know, something a mentor mine told me is like if you're if you're watching a unit do something and there's this question and answer period whether it's a rehearsal or a briefing or whatever it is um, the unit that doesn't ask any questions that might be an indicator of a command climate issue where people are intimidated to speak out um, just something that you might you know leaders can pick up over time command sergeant major alluded to um, you know being a small unit potentially getting isolated you know one of our Army's most tragic uh, examples of a small unit uh, who got isolated and overrun was the 507th Maintenance Company in Iraq. And uh, folks will remember it because of, you know, Private Jessica Lynch. And, you know, at the time, the Chief of Staff of the Army, General Peter Schoomaker, uh, said no more Jessica Lynches, and that's why he instituted and you know, really reinforced the warrior ethos that uh, he wanted all soldiers to really kind of take to heart. But the point of the, that 
you know, me bringing that up is, you know, the 507th maintenance company, they fell behind. They got separated as a small unit. In the rehearsals, they didn't know how to ke- whether it was the catch-up or, you know, how to get back on track on the map, whatever the host of things that went wrong. And it's not to, you know, go down a rabbit hole on the 507th, but it's just doing rehearsals helps uh, prevent, hopefully, those sorts of tragic instances when you're thrown into a combat situation and you throw in all the human elements, right? Because when you're planning uh, and you're writing the plan, you're rehearsing the plan, and you're well-fed and, and maybe you're getting some rest, but now you know, you're in the heat of battle and you're exhausted and it's hot and you're tired and you've been going you know, for over 24 hours and you're not getting any sleep. The rehearsal is hopefully uh, inoculates a little bit against some of the things that can go wrong because they know because of the rehearsal what they should be doing, where they should be, how to stay in contact, all those little things that can work out, all those little details that help bring the plan to reality. So I'll say the, the big takeaway is the Army has a lot of processes in place because they work. Rehearsals are there because they work. They've, they're value-added. Uh, you get a lot out of it. Um, so I would say if there's a process that the Army has implemented and it's, a, it's something we're supposed to be doing, it should not be an optional uh, requirement. It's it, it's mandatory. You should do it. You shouldn't shortcut it. Um, you should most definitely do it because in the end, uh, it, it saves lives. So I, I would say rehearsals can't be skipped. It's part of a part of a process, a large process in planning. And I'd argue that it's one of the most important steps in the planning process because it's where everybody seems to get on the same page. Questions are asked, questions are answered, and uh, the commander's intent is visualized by the people at the rock drill, and they understand. Um, so the big takeaway is don't shortcut it. Uh, it exists for a reason and use rehearsals prior to executing. Gentlemen, thank you all for being here. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. Catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast. <laughs>